Go ahead, grab your Bibles. John chapter 11 is where we're going to be today. The children can be dismissed with Brother Jason. Pastor sends his greetings from the Morris Park Bible Baptist Church in the Bronx. It's hard to believe they're celebrating their first anniversary. And so they asked Pastor to come up there and to, um, to preach the service. And so um, I'm covering here, so bear with me if you would. But um, John chapter 11, and that song, if they had asked them to sing it, I could not, they could not have picked a better song. The title of this morning's message is The Price of Being Used. The Price of Being Used by God. In John chapter 11... Very familiar story. This is towards the end of Jesus' ministry. Within a few weeks would be the Passion Week, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Within just a few weeks. John chapter 11, we're going to read the first 46 verses. I'm not as long-winded preacher as pastor, and so I'll make it up by reading more script. No, I'm just kidding. But um, we're going to go ahead and we're going we're to read most of John chapter 11. It's important what the Bible says. Amen? That's why we're here at church this morning. That's why we're here. It's important that we understand that we're just not here talking about nice platitudes about how you should live your life. But what actually is happening is we're examining God's Word and we're taking application from it for our lives today. So John chapter 11, verse number 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, He whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, he saith to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. He's going to get better. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he, Lazarus, had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. That's about two miles, a little less. And many of the Jews, this would be the Jewish leaders, came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, 
If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had said so, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. And the Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, came to the, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone was laid upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto him, her, said, not I, said I not unto thee that, if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, just once again we come before you. Lord, we are in need of your help as we seek to understand your word. I just pray that you would open our hearts, open our um, ears, Lord, to the things of your word. Lord, I pray that as I seek to preach, that you would help me to communicate your word, not my own thoughts, Lord, that you would... Apply your word to hearts, Lord, that we could understand what you would have us to do today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I enjoy playing a little basketball on the side. Emphasis on the side. But I'm not very good. Okay? 
I will probably never be a good basketball player because it is not important enough to me to invest the time, the work, and the energy that is needed to be a good basketball player. This is just something in my personal life. I may watch a game and see somebody who's maybe even an inch or a couple inches shorter than I am go up and just absolutely slam the basketball and shatter the backboard, whatever you want to say. I mean, just go up and destroy it in a dunk. And I would say, man, that would be really nice for me to be able to do that. I'm 6'4". I should be able to do that. But when I think about all the time that's involved, all the strenuous workouts that are involved to be able to do something like, like that, suddenly the view of being able to do that, the, um, you know, the dream of being able to accomplish this great feat, suddenly is not quite so important when I stack it up with all that has to go into accomplishing that. We all have things that we would like to do, but once we realize the workload that is involved to reach that level of expertise, we often quickly cross that off our list. Right? Uh, that is why it is so enjoyable to go to like uh, a classical concert. I remember when I was a teenager, we went to, uh, my siblings and I went to a Juilliard concert. It was one where it was just the high school students playing. And if you've ever been to a full um, Philharmonic concert or something like that, especially they were my age up there playing, it was astounding. But what was more, most enjoyable about it is that they were playing and I was listening. All, it is so easy to enjoy what's going on. Hey, man, that must be exciting to do that, but we don't see all the hours and hours of work, the time, the effort, the years that have been placed in to reach that level of expertise. Or when you talked about enjoying watching a sporting event and you see the, um, the feats that these athletes do and you look at it and go, wow, they make it look so easy. Like, yeah, I could do that. Until you try it, and then you're in a wheelchair for the next six months. Six months, or you know, you understand what I'm saying. Um, it's you look at what they're doing, and you're like, wow. Now there's some natural talent there, probably, but also there's an incredible amount of suffering we might say that went in to make their bodies or their hands as they were learning that instrument be able to accomplish what you are enjoying. At that moment. This is also true of being used of the Lord. I, I, I'm training to preach. I've been to Bible college. And we would have great preachers come into chapel. Uh, while they were at Bible college. And they would preach these tremendous, powerful messages. And I would say, man, I'd love to preach like that someday. God has called me to preach. I, I, that's where I should be spending my time, not learning to play basketball, which is why I don't. So, I mean, I want to be able to preach like that. I want to be able to communicate God's Word to people like that. That is powerful. That is amazing what God is doing with that man's life. But I can't see seeing the preaching that he's doing the hours of prayer that has gone into it. 
the sacrifices that he has made in his life where he says, no, I'm not going to allow myself to do that. I'm going to keep myself for the ministry of God. No, I am not going to spend my time here. I'm going to take that time and I'm going to study the Bible. And I'm going to spend time praying with God. And I'm going to spend time day by day walking in obedience to God's word. And I get to sit in chapel and see this man preach this amazing message. But I don't see the price that he paid to get there. If you are saved, you should have a desire to have God use your life. You should have a desire in your life to say, I would love to see a soul come to Christ because God used my life to witness to them. I would love to see people know more about God because of my life. I would love to know God better. I would love to have that sweet time of fellowship with God. We see someone who has that. We hear someone talk about how they enjoy reading the Bible and they get so much out of it. And we're like, why doesn't that happen to me? Well, maybe we haven't seen the price that they paid to get there. That should be our desire. But there is often much work, quote unquote. We don't work for our salvation. We understand that. But there's much effort that is expended to reach where that person is. To be used of God. And if you want to be used of God, God will most often use trials, use suffering in this life to bring us to a point to where we are usable for His service. Most often, it is through some suffering. It is through some hard times. If it isn't hurt, you've heard pain is weakness leaving the body. That's a Marine Corps slogan. Pain is weakness leaving the body. I don't know about that. But there is this true. If you are doing physical exercise and it's no longer hurting, you're no longer growing. God most often will use trials in this life to bring us to a point to where we are usable for His service. Lazarus was sick. Okay? Who is Lazarus? Well, he was the brother of Mary and Martha. They lived in Bethany, a little town just a few miles outside of Jerusalem. Jesus had been to Jerusalem many times. He had passed through their house. If we go to Luke chapter 10, it talks about how Jesus was in their house. He had a meal in their house. He fellowshiped with them. Mary was someone who sat at Jesus' His feet and heard him teach. Martha had served Jesus. There was a relationship there. They were friends of Jesus. Jesus knew them. They knew Jesus. Jesus was welcome in their home. And still, Lazarus was sick. Lazarus didn't just have a cold, he didn't have allergies. Lazarus was deathly sick. He was lying on a bed withering away. Maybe it was a fever. Maybe it was something they had no idea what it was. I'm not trying to be painful, but I've been to the bedside of some people who've been dying of cancer. And you see them as they are, they're dying. And you can see it. They know they are. You know they are. And there's nothing you can do about it. They see their brother, someone they love, dying 
right before them. And they do what every good believer should do. They send to Jesus. Knowing Jesus, Mary and Martha, they knew Jesus, they had heard the teachings of Jesus, they believed in Jesus. Maybe they had not personally seen miracles, but they had spent time with Jesus. They knew that Jesus could heal their brother. There was not a doubt in their mind. And so, as soon as they see that this sickness is turning from bad to worse, they see that this sickness isn't something that he's probably going to recover from. They send a message as fast as they can to Jesus. Verse number 3, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Jesus understand who they were talking about. Now, we also have to understand that Jesus as God already knew what was going on. Jesus as God was already in complete control of the circumstances and was allowing this trial to happen in their life. God was in control. But as good believers, they were sending to Jesus saying, Jesus, come fast. Jesus, thou, he whom thou lovest is sick. Our brother is sick. We need your help, Lord. They were expecting Jesus to handle the problem. They sent to Jesus. They were like, Lazarus is going to be okay. Just hang on. Jesus is coming. Jesus is going to heal you, Lazarus. Just hang on. We've sent to Jesus. He's on his way. He's coming. He loves you, Lazarus. Jesus will take care of you. You will be safe. The messenger comes to Jesus. When Jesus heard that, verse number 4, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. The messenger might have heard that. But what does Jesus do? Verse number 6 When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Jesus got the message that Lazarus was sick. If Lazarus was dying, time was of the essence, right? If Lazarus was going to die any day, then if Jesus was going to come and heal Lazarus, time was of the essence. But how did Jesus respond? What did Jesus do when he heard the message from people he loved, from people that loved him, from people that believed in him, that he whom thou lovest is sick? The Bible says, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. He didn't budge. He didn't pack his bags. He waited two days before he moved. The messenger may have returned without Jesus. It's possible. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that. We know that the messenger has heard that the sickness is not unto death. But Jesus didn't come. They're there. They're waiting. While Jesus is waiting, events are moving forward at the home of Mary and Martha. They're there. They're, they have the best care. The, from what we understand of the Scriptures, Mary and Martha were people of some means. They could have afforded doctors to come in, even though medicine was very limited in that time. But there was, they were trying to do everything they could, and they were waiting for Jesus to come. Nothing happened. 
They saw Lazarus get weaker and weaker, their brother, whom they had asked Jesus to heal. No word from Jesus. And Lazarus dies. The funeral procession and, the, and the, all the emotion that goes with that began. In Jewish customs, they would, they would bury the person the same day. There wouldn't, because of the technology we have today, we're able to have a viewing and things like that. They didn't have that. It was kind of set up the opposite way. They would have the burial, and then there would be the time where family and friends would come together to mourn for the death of um, that loved one, and they would even leave the grave open for three days. And they would um, put special spices there and sweet-smelling ointment so they, that the dead body, um, they couldn't smell what was beginning to happen. By day four, they would have to seal the grave because life was taking over. The decay of this world would be taking over. But there would be this time, even the poorest family would have at least some musicians and a professional mourner, at least one person who would come and make a lot of noise and talk and help the family feel that that person was loved and missed. Now, Mary and Martha, because they were so close to Jerusalem, they were also people who loved God and obeyed God. They would have been involved at the temple of God. They would have no doubt been giving to God. The Jewish leaders knew who Mary and Martha was, were. And they came back to Bethany with them. The Bible talks about how there was many Jewish people, who, Jewish leaders who came to take part in this funeral process. Day one passes, the body is buried. The mourning is going on, there's the weeping, there's um, the fellowship between the friends and family of remembering memories of Lazarus and the weeping that was going on. Still no Jesus. No word from Jesus. The time continues to pass. The grief and the reality that my brother could have been healed, but he's not. The time is passing. Day four comes, and they seal the grave. It's over. It's done with. The friends and family may be there for a couple days more maximum. But Lazarus has been dead four days. I'm not trying to be gross, but they didn't have embalming back then. The, the effects of sin were beginning to take over. They sealed the grave so they wouldn't have to put up with that. He was buried. The grave was sealed. It was over. Still, Jesus hadn't even shown up. No word from Jesus. They had just sealed the tomb that day. It was the final parting, you might say. The graveside service in our culture today. They've left the cemetery. They're back in their home. There's the weeping going on. The friends are consoling one another. They're talking about it. In verse, in verse number 19, And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. 
Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met Him. But Mary sat still in the house. You want to talk about a trial. This was a trial. Lazarus, their brother, had died. They had sent to Jesus, Thou whom He whom thou lovest is sick. No answer. Jesus hadn't even made it to the funeral. And now, the grave is sealed. It's over. It's done with. There's no hope. Jesus shows up. Mary hears the same message as Martha. They were in the house. It says, but Mary sat still in the house. There was different responses to this trial, wasn't there? Was there not? Martha, yes, she's disappointed. She had called for Jesus. Jesus had not come. Here's what she says. She goes, she meets. Then Martha said unto Jesus, verse number 21, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Lord, you could have saved Lazarus. Lord, you could have healed my brother. You could have, if we wouldn't be experiencing this grief if you had just been on time, Lord. I don't think she's bitter. There isn't acid coming out of her throat. Because look at the next thing. She says, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. She said, Lord, if you'd been here, you could have healed him. But I know that you're still in control. That whatsoever you ask of God, he will give it to you. Lord, I know this trial. I don't understand this trial. But I know you're still in control. Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. But you're still in control. She was disappointed. But Jesus was working in her life. This trial was not just so. Lazarus' effects of life were coming. Jesus was working in Mary and Martha's and everyone there's lives. Jesus took the time and helped Martha give one of the greatest, clearest confessions of who Christ is that is recorded in the Bible. Jesus said, as she said, Lord, I know you're still in control. I know that you still have the power to do what you need to do. Lord, this hasn't changed what I think of you. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Now, the Jewish people, just like Christians, know that death is not the end. That at one day, Jesus is going to come back. There's going to be a resurrection at the end. That those who are saved in Jesus Christ will resurrect one day and spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Lazarus was a believer. Martha knew that. Jesus knew that. Jesus said, Mary, Martha, it's not over. Thy brother will rise again. Martha says, saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Lord, I know in the end that this is not the end, that there is eternity afterwards that Lazarus will rise. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Jesus talked to Martha and said, 
I'm the answer, Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. The hope of eternity is in me. You that believeth in me, if you want hope for eternity, it is in Jesus Christ today. If you are here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus, he that believeth in him shall never die. Is that talking about physical? No. One day, the disciples would die. But they believed in Jesus Christ. Jesus is talking about the soul, the internal part of you, that will one day either live eternally with Jesus Christ or spend eternity in hell. The Bible doesn't give another option. There's two options. And Jesus is confirming to Martha, saying, Listen, he that believeth in me, if you believe in Jesus Christ, there's life coming hereafter. There is life in Jesus Christ. The death, is, this trial is not the end, Martha. He's also encouraging her. She said, Believest thou this? She said to him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Lord, you are exactly who you say you are. This trial has, in fact, encouraged me in the fact of who you are. You are still God, though my brother has died. Though you could have saved my brother, you are still God. Mary is almost in despair. Martha comes back, tells Mary, the Master calleth for thee. Mary goes. Quickly, she hears Jesus calling her. Maybe she regretted not going instantly. But she goeth to Jesus. She falls at Jesus' feet. Lord, if thou hadst been here, the exact same thing that Martha had said, my brother had not died and burst into tears. She's on the ground before the Lord, weeping uncontrollably. There's no statement of faith. Now, Mary would get things right. Mary was the one who had sat at Jesus' feet and heard the teaching. She had spent time with Jesus. And yet, I believe from, from studying it, she thought God had let her down. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother had not died, but you didn't even make it for the funeral. That's it. Jesus, seeing the Jewish leaders there, some of them said in verse number 37, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus If Jesus is who He said He is, He could have done something about this. Why didn't He do anything about this? There's doubt in the air. Couldn't You have done something, Lord? Mary is weeping at Jesus' feet. Jesus says, where have You lain Him? He's he's getting the people moving to the tomb. Because... God has another plan. God isn't done yet. If at this point the story ended, at first glance, especially if you're Mary and Martha, who didn't hear what Jesus said and what is recorded by the book of John, it would appear that Jesus really didn't care about them or their brother, that circumstances had just gotten too much for Jesus and He hadn't been able to make it and had just gotten out of control. Maybe Jesus... 
didn't care as much, or maybe he wasn't as powerful as he could have been, as they thought he was. But there are two things that the text makes abundantly clear about our God. Verse number 5, the first one of chapter 11, verse number 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loved them. Same word is used when the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world. God loved the world, but He loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He loves each person individually. Not only that, though, He had a special relationship with these three. He had spent time with them. He had been in their home. And He loved them. Never doubt the love of God. God never ceases to be good. God's love never changes. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8. The first thing we see is that despite the fact that Jesus was late, quote unquote, despite the fact that Lazarus had died when, yes, Jesus could have healed them, Jesus loved them. The second fact is, is found in verse number 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Verse number 15, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent that ye may believe. This trial had come for the glory of God. What does that mean? Well, the actual definition of the word is to make glorious or to adorn with luster, clothe with splendor. Jesus wanted Mary and Martha, the, everyone that was there, including his disciples, to get a better view of who Jesus is. They wanted to see Jesus. Jesus wanted them to see him a little more clearly. They want, Jesus wanted them to see a little more of the power that he truly had. It was for the glory of God. Because Jesus loved them, this was happening. Because it was for God's glory, and God wanted to grow these disciples, including Mary and Martha. God wanted to take this trial in their life and He wanted to draw them closer to Himself. You get a better view when you're closer. That's why you pay more for the seat down front. Right? You, it's a better view. Jesus was offering Mary and Martha front row seats of who Jesus is. So how did Jesus accomplish this? Well, the Bible says He just manifested forth His glory. He showed His power. He goes to the tomb. The tomb is sealed. Lazarus is dead. We were over that. Unbelief is in the air, right? The, the Jewish leaders, this, He could have healed him. Mary is at His feet, weeping uncontrollably. Jesus, the Bible says, He groaned within Himself. There was turmoil. He was troubled. Jesus saw the unbelief that was there. And he's, 
if you just hang on for about five minutes, okay, just hang on. How many times do we get ahead of God? It's over. Nothing's going to happen. Jesus is there. Just hang on five minutes. He doesn't say that. He's growing Mary and Martha. He commands them to open the tomb. They've just come from the graveside service. He tells them, we're going to go back and dig up the coffin. The look of distrust, maybe even horror, as they think about what awaits them in that tomb. That's what Martha said. She said, Lord, um, excuse me, I had to turn the page. She said, behold, verse number 39, excuse me. Jesus said, take, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Lord, you don't want to open that tomb. Lord, you, we don't want to do this. It's just going to bring all the memories back. It's going to let us know that there is no hope. Let us remember our brother the way he is, not the way that he is right now, as decay is setting in. Lord, don't do that to us. We would say, that's not very thoughtful, Jesus, is it? That's not very um, polite society. That's not correct etiquette. But Jesus said, be... Jesus saith unto her, verse number 40, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, that thou shouldest, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. It wasn't pleasant. Martha knew what she was talking about. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me, once again, believe. When he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. There's the stunned look on the people's faces. I imagine there's just dead silence for about three seconds. Because out of the tomb, where the smell of decay is still coming out of, walks the dead man, wrapped in the grave clothes. And everybody, there's, I imagine if I was there and I saw somebody come out of the grave, I would be going that away as fast as I could. But... That's, they make all kinds of horror movies about death. They, they don't have anything on what the Bible says, but this isn't a horror movie. This is the power of God, okay? He who was dead, who decay was setting in, was set in, was happening, is completely reversed. The best plastic surgeons in the world couldn't do that. And yet with a spoken word, God did that. And here is Lazarus standing forth alive. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. They begin to 
removed the grave clothes that some of them had put on the dead body, that some of them had bound, that they had seen him laying there four days. The smell was still coming out of the tomb, and Lazarus was standing before them alive. And some of these Jewish leaders, many of the Jewish leaders, it says in verse 45, then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on Him. These people had seen miracle after miracle that Jesus had performed at the temple. They had heard Jesus teach. And here, as they saw it, they saw, this is the power of God. Let me tell you, Jesus was glorified. They saw the power of God. They got a front row of what Jesus is capable of doing. And they said, we have to believe. Now, there were some who didn't. They saw all this and they went back to the Pharisees and they said, you won't believe the trick that Jesus pulled this time. Someone needs their head examined. But these people, many of the Jewish people believed on Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were used of God. The disciples believed. Many Jews who would not have believed. They had denied Jesus, denied Jesus, denied Jesus. And yet at this point, they believed. Mary and Martha and Lazarus were used of God. Not only were they used of God, but God in His love was working on them as well. Mary and Martha were never the same either. In just a few days, Jesus would come back into Bethany. There would be a feast for all the disciples. Remember, Martha was cumbered about with much serving and complained to Jesus. Here, she is willingly serving even a greater number of people, willingly serving the Lord. Mary, the one who was despairing of hope, would give the great, one of the greatest acts of worship recorded in the Bible by pouring out the ointment on Jesus' feet. God, in His love, was using this trial that had come in their lives to use them for the glory of God and to grow them in their walk with God. You might get to the end of the story and say, you know, but Jesus could have just healed Lazarus, right? Yes. Why did Mary and Martha have to experience all of this suffering? Let me tell you, the sorrow at the funeral was real. Wasn't it? The, the, the sealing of the tomb, all the emotions that went watching their brother die, that was real. There was nothing. They didn't know what was coming. But Jesus lovingly allowed Mary and Martha and even the disciples to endure this trial because this trial would allow God to be glorified and the faith of the disciples to be increased. It would allow God to be glorified and the faith of the disciples to be increased. The problem is, we often tend to see the trials that God sends our way as the problem. We tend to see the trial as the problem. Lord, if you just heal Lazarus, everything would be better. But the real problem was, God wanted to remove some things from Mary and Martha's life. God wanted others to believe in who He was. Therefore, He used Mary and Martha to accomplish His work. Let me tell you, there was a price that they paid that went along with that. Where do you fit in this story? Are you going through a trial right now and it seems that God doesn't care? That you've prayed and prayed 
and there's two, and it seems God is waiting and no answer is coming? Are you beginning to doubt God's goodness? Maybe you're one of those Jewish people. You've yet to believe on Jesus. You've heard about all the miracles that Jesus has done, but that can't really be true. You look at all the suffering that is going around us and say, how could a God that's good allow this to happen? Today, you may be someone who just needs to believe on Jesus. Or you may need to have your faith refocused on who Jesus is. You see, God's purposes are bigger than our problems. God's purposes are bigger than our problems. And what we need to do is allow God to build your and my faith and use our life for His glory. By trusting Him in the trial. By realizing that there's a purpose for this trial. That this trial doesn't change who God is. In fact, this trial is because God loves me. And God wants to change me. And God wants to use me. Why do you think James can say, Rejoice when you fall in divers temptations. Is because those trials that are coming are because God loves us. And because God wants to use us. If we're his children. But some of us will look at that and say, I'm just not willing to pay that price. All the effort that will go in, all the suffering that will go in to accomplish what God wants to do in my life, that's not worth it. Some will step away. We've seen, if you've been a Christian very long, you've seen people do that. Say, it's just not worth it. And they walk away before Jesus opens the tomb. Let me tell you something. God wants to receive glory through your life. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And sometimes the only way people will see how great God is, is when you and I still have faith in the trial, and we get to see what God does, and we can tell other people about what God does, we can tell other people about how great God is, and they can see only God can do that. God does want to receive glory in your life. God wants to build your faith in Him. Jesus is the resurrection in life. Jesus was resurrection and the life. Jesus was telling Martha, I am the answer to this trial. Trust me. We joked at the beginning that pain is weakness leaving the body, right? But oftentimes, there's a little more truth to that than we would like to imagine. You can say, we're, we're, we're trying to live. I'm just trying to obey God and it seems so hard right now. It seems like nothing is happening. We go out and we pass out tracks and we pass out tracks and we pass out tracks and it seems nobody comes. We go out and I witness to that family member. I witness to that family member. I witness to that family member and nothing seems to be going on. Number one, God still loves you. Number two, God wants to receive glory through that and build your faith. You know what God might be doing? is trying to strengthen your faith in Him. Realize that no matter what is going on right at this point, I still need to trust Him because God doesn't change. God doesn't... There's, there's no trial that changes who God is. God is still in control. And even if He doesn't give the answer, He is still God. 
He is still good. Freshman homework. I remember going to college my freshman year. And all the classes that I had. And all the sweat that was pouring down my forehead. As I thought of this tremendous amount of work. Let me tell you, it was hard. But I got to my year in master's program. And I was looking back at all those freshmen. Or I was looking back at the ones who are freshmen now. You know, the the newbies who are coming in. And they're like walking around. And they had the same look that I had when I was a freshman. The sweat's pouring down their face. I can't do this. And I'm like, grow up. Because I have masters. I've got a hundred page paper to write. In like three weeks. Okay? Calm down. But I was forgetting that I'd had that same look then. In reality, I had the same look now. It's just the requirements had changed. Why? Well, hopefully I had grown in my ability to accomplish projects. Where you are in your spiritual life, you may look at somebody else and say, you're crying about that? Look what I got. But if you look at it, they have the same face that you do. They are struggling just as hard as you are. Because no matter where you are in your Christian life, God is trying to grow you. And God will use the trials of this life to grow you. So never lose sight of God's goodness. Don't view the trial as the problem. Allow God to use the trial to remove the problems in your life. Allow God to use the trial to remove the issues in your life that are keeping you from getting closer to God. Mary and Martha both knew a little bit more about God and were a little closer to the Lord after this trial than before. God will send trials because He loves you and because God loves you, He will seek to change you more and more into His image Truly, this is a passage that we can say, and we know all things work together for good, for good, for good to them that love God. They love God, and it seemed God didn't show up. But God was working it together for their good, and so He could use their life for His glory. Allow God to build your faith and use your life for His glory by trusting Him. In the trial. Because God's purposes are bigger than our problems. God will allow you to endure trials. So God can be glorified and your faith increased. The question is, are you willing to pay the price to be used of God? Let's stand together. We'll have the piano begin to play. You may need to come forward and say, God, I don't know God. I need to believe in this Jesus and have my sins forgiven. You may be going through a trial right now and you're beginning to despair. You need to come forward and just talk to God and say, God, you're gonna, I still trust You. I I need to refocus on what you're doing. Lord, help me remove those problems from my life. 
Let's pray, and if you need to come forward, just come forward. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would work in the invitation, that you would work in hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.